Hello, welcome to this latest podcast from the University of Brighton. I'm Richard Newman, and in this new episode of Catching Up With, speaking to staff from across the university, I sat down with Ben Sweeting, course leader for the undergraduate architecture course. In this episode, we spoke about Ben's background, his research interest in cybernetics, and with the National Student Survey launching, why it's so important. And I started by asking Ben about his principal job. My main role here is... um running the uh, undergrad architecture course. We have about 300 students and it's the first part of the process of qualifying to be an architect. Um, So the students will do three degrees, one which is an undergraduate three-year BA, um, they'll then work in practice, then a two-year master's and then they'll work in practice and do a third degree while that's happening. So my main responsibility is um, supporting that. Um, And I'm also a researcher, Um, And my research is concerned with um, intersections between design, uh, architecture, ethics and systems and cybernetics. We'll come on to that in in, in just a bit. But um, how have you arrived at this point? What's your background? Uh, So I um, studied architecture, um, studied architecture, did the first degree, um, worked for a while, uh, did the second degree. After that, I started studying a PhD. Um, so I was studying in London at UCL um, with Neil Spiller and uh, Ranulph Glanville. And I studied part-time, took me uh, quite a while. Uh, I was working in practice at the same time and during that period I picked up a little bit of teaching work. And gradually over, so I started in Brighton about 10 years ago, um, one day a week as a visiting lecturer while I was still in practice and I taught in a few other places as well and gradually I managed to um, uh, just grow this position so by the time I finished my PhD I was full-time and um, moved into being the course leader. Did you see yourself moving into higher education? Was that always the aim or is it something that sort of grew and took over and that's the direction you ended up wanting to move towards? I think that kind of within architecture education you're mainly oriented towards Um, you know it's a practical vocational discipline but it also what's special about it is it also contains um, combines that with intellectual academic rigor um, to a a level that's you know really quite unique I think amongst um, amongst subjects you can do at university so um, it was something that I became attracted to during that um, degree particularly at postgraduate level I think in retrospect where I've ended up at where I'm um, mainly concerned with like a, a mainly concerned with quite philosophical issues I could think that maybe if I went back maybe I should have studied I could have studied philosophy or something like this but I wonder if I did that I might have wanted to be an architect so I think there's something interesting about the path you move through and a lot of the education I did and the practical experience I had dealing with materials and contractors and uh, I used to work on uh, projects that were based on the London Underground so dealing with quite complex systems of regulation. These are all things that you can draw on um, in different ways and kind of help you do what you you know help me do what I'm doing now so it's a kind of strange path but it also um, kind of makes sense. Do do you miss uh, practice or do you are you still involved in it from time to time? Uh, Yeah so I'm not involved in architectural practice um anymore i I don't miss it uh because 
I think there are things about it that were really, really special. I think seeing a building, you know, being involved in a building being constructed and helping that happen is a really um, great thing. But I, th- but moving into academia and research and teaching has um, is kind of very rewarding and doesn't give you much time to, you know, think what if I did a different path and so on. Let's move on to your your research, specialising in cybernetics. Could you explain in the ba- most basic terms what that's all about? Sure. Uh, so cybernetics, um, the word comes from the Greek word kybernetes, which uh, means steering or steersman. Cybernetics is steersmanship. And that's coined, that word's coined by someone called Norbert Wiener um, in um, the 1940s to name a new interdisciplinary field which was concerned with feedback processes. which was sort of bringing together different insights from mathematics, computing, anthropology, engineering, philosophy, all kinds of things, and neuroscience. There's a similar interdisciplinary field with slightly different foundations at the same time called systems theory, which um, was maybe slanted more towards social systems and economics and so on. And cybernetics in particular is interested in circularity, um, so circular feedback systems. So if you take the example of uh, steering a ship, which is the original example, um, I might uh, look where I'm going, and if I'm going too far to the right, I might adjust the rudder, and this would move me to the left. If I go too far to the left, I might adjust the rudder, I go to the right. So what you have there is a circular feedback system where my observation of the effect of my action guides my next action. So you have a circular arrangement of causality, which is very different from how we normally think of causal links in a linear way, that X causes Y causes Z. Um, Here, X causes Y and Y causes X, or X causes X. So you have a circular arrangement in terms of how a system's operating. And this um, is actually very widespread as a way of a way in which we kind of deal with the world and do various things. It's also very powerful in terms of the in terms of what it lets us do or lets us build things to do. But it's also in contrast to a lot of the ways we think about the world. So we tend to think about the world in much more linear ways. Is there something that sparks that interest in, in the first place, or is it obviously it's something that's on your it will be on your mind a lot? So it must also influence the way that you do live your life as well and you approach different scenarios mm-hmm. how i got into this was through sort of discovering some of the insights uh which are quite special around um uh around ethics around responsibility and the relationship of ethics to epistemology which is knowledge and seeing that a that's one of the many things about um, cybernetics that relates to um, some of these questions in design and architecture that I was studying. Going on to something completely different, the National Student Survey. Not necessarily as different as your as you think. You're a course leader, so it's a big it's, and it's yeah. a it's, it's a it's a big thing for for students and for the university for universities. Could you tell us why it's so important? Well, I think before we kind of zoom straight into the NSS, I think it's helpful to sort of zoom out and just talk about um, feedback so to go go back to um, the sort of examples of designing and of sailing a ship and the other interesting one is conversation Um, so the kind of feedback process we have in holding this conversation where we're um, moving turning around between speaking and listening and we're we're sort of checking we understand each other and we're coming up with new new ways of thinking this is really what feedback is as a process that's um, 
intrinsic to what we do when we're designers and it's also intrinsic to what we do as educators. So we have a um, saying in our school which is feedback is everywhere. So often as um, students and staff we start to think of feedback only in terms of these particular events when you get a bit of written feedback or there's a survey. There's actually feedback's what's going on all the time. So um, every tutorial um, we have a lot of face-to-face time in architecture where students will bring work and we talk it through. This is feedback. Um, the students work together in spaces they share, they see each other's work, and that's a feedback process where they learn about what they've done by the way other people react to it. So it's not just that. Not just that uh, you get a sort of explicit comment of, oh, this is, this is excellent, this is satisfactory, I like that, I don't like that, or do this. But you might make a drawing, make a proposal... And someone might understand it in a way you didn't intend. They might think, oh, I really like how it's doing this. So you start to see through that process of seeing something through someone else's eyes. You can discover th- possibilities that you didn't intend. And this is important because it, you're not limited by the possibility of analysis at the outset. To go back to the sailing a, a ship example, you don't have to know everything that's going to be happening at every moment when you're crossing the sea because you have the capacity to respond to things as they're happening. And this allows you to not be constrained by limitations of analytical method. It also um, allows you to create new things, so to find new possibilities, find new ways of working, to um, explore new avenues and so on. What happens in a um, typical teaching method, which is conversational or maybe around a piece of work, is verbally we're doing that as tutors. So verbally we're playing out in the conversation um, feedback processes that students gradually learn to do on their own. So first year and second year, it's quite explicit in terms of how we talk about pieces of work, raise particular things, but by third year and master's level, students have learnt from observing and being part of that process and now do that themselves. So that's within the course what feedback is. Um, And the way we give feedback and students give us feedback, we try and understand as part of that. So we do um, the way we return official bits of feedback, whether it's the end of a project or midway through a project. We're trying to not just make judgments about um, what to do and what values things have within a marking system, but also to um, act out methods and processes of reflection on um, work that students can learn to do. And we're trying to do the same thing within the many ways that students feedback to us. So there is the NSS, um, there are also module evaluations and year meetings and student rep meetings and conversations in corridors and we have studio spaces where people are working and I spend quite a lot of time just walking around and talking with students and being um, kind of available. Um, and so the module evaluations we do are attempts not just to uh, score satisfaction against you know particular things which give us kind of numbers um, but also prompts to just reflect on Um, not just satisfaction but reflect on your own work and how things helped you with that so we ask students to reflect on um, maybe what they've done uh, what went well uh, what helped them do that um, what could have gone better what could have helped them do that what other things might have happened and also what their next steps are so what's the sort of plan of action um, which might be for them and might be for us Um, So we've just taken a lot of those in at the end of the Term 1 modules and we're already kind of acting on those um, uh, now. And you get really great suggestions. As a tutor, you get... um, It's a way of taking yourself out of your own experience of a situation and understanding things 
uh, understanding the effects of what you're doing because what you're doing isn't just about uh, what it's actually very little about what you're actually saying or doing it's about the interaction you're holding so generally the kind of feedback process is a really important part of the pedagogy and it's a very important way that as a teacher you learn um, and it's also an important way that students learn so not and that's not just the feedback we give to them which is maybe about this this went well maybe you could think of doing this maybe this is what you need to do next um, it's also the feedback they're giving to us and giving to each other um, through peer feedback that's helping us but also that's building capacity in feeding back observing critiquing thinking so it's building their capacity to feedback which is part of what they uh, need to learn to do their project because architecture projects are not about doing your own project it's about doing projects for others so as an architect you do, you're not doing your own creative task you are always designing for someone else the nss is just one method of feedback and it's just it obviously just has a much higher profile <laughs> and it's across the entire university so obviously it would pick up it can pick up trends it might mean that schools from, can sort of learn from each other from best practice as well mm-hmm. Do you think that you've seen some, some positive changes through that? The NSS, so if we think of that kind of broad spectrum of, of feedback um, with different kind of cycles, the NSS is the one that is probably the most prominent externally. So um, sort of beyond the school in the university and beyond the university in the way that it gets picked up in various things. So that gives it a kind of um, impact. I think it's also the slowest one because you get uh, feedback, it takes you a while for it to come back. So what happens, the, 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 the feedback that's very useful to a course leader and to, you know, to the university from the NSS is medium term. So particularly um, the free text comments that we get included in that, uh, they're very different to the, the comments we get in module level feedback where someone might raise a very particular issue about... Um, the facilities we have in the studio or so on that we can then improve. Um, I think one thing maybe that, that we did through um, student rep meetings and module evaluation was quite small things, expanding the number of PowerPoints we have, um, power cables we have in the studio to make more working places. So we can sort of act on that that day. You, know, you get that bit of feedback, you've kind of done it by the afternoon. NSS, you get these comments which you get maybe six months later but it gives you a very different... You're, you're asked a different question. You're asked as a student, um, uh, overall, kind of what's your comment on, you know, your time, your three years. And you get patterns within that. So you get very clear acknowledgements of things that are working and things that are, could be working better. Um, and there's a very stable pattern to those um, we tend to get very positive comments about community and about teaching um, we get less positive comments about um, some more kind of structural issues about facilities um, and they are things that if that's logged in the NSS because because things like physical spaces and physical facilities are not things you can just sort of sort out in an afternoon, then being logged in the NSS is very helpful in terms of the school and the course um, looking to make structural changes and improvements to things like that that take investment over you know a course of years. Coming into this year, we had um, investment in our workshop. We have a new workshop facility this year, a new reprographics facility. Um, which has responded to comments from the NSS over the last two or three years. Um, 
about uh, about those facilities. So we've managed to expand those; so they're more accessible, so they fit more students. So um, Repographics, which is where students print out, it used to be quite a stressful room because it was quite small. Um, you sort of queue up for it, and we've managed to just put that in a bigger room. So there's more room to get in. You're not having you, there's more. Um, sort of mental space within it um, also changed the way it's staffed so it's um, staffed now by um, student helpers so it's open longer that's not something that we could have responded to um, immediately because it took building works and so on so those kind of things come about in part because they're kind of highlighted through things like the NSS and, and because these are these are students who are close to completing their courses that are taking the NSS but they're sort of helping to shape and mould that experience for students maybe who haven't even come here yet or just they, they help, they're helping to, to make to make those tiny little improvements little tweaks yeah I think the it's a funny thing I think the process of completing it at the stage they do because they are at the point where they do understand the whole but the question of what comes out of it yeah. is really a different generation um, so we encourage students to really think about it in those terms, but the, the kind of overall reflection, you know, kind of on balance, kind of what do you value, what, what would have helped, you know, differently overall, um, is something that is a con- contribution to the next generation. And so it just fits into that narrative of designerly processes like interactive feedback being about others. We ask this at the end of every podcast. This is completely away from everything that we've just been talking about. We just end up with some very quick-fire questions. They're not, diff- they're not too difficult to answer, uh, completely away from your work. So question one, can you pick a favourite place in Sussex? Uh, the place I was yesterday uh, is one of my favourites, which is Rye, um, which is uh, very, one of the sink ports, and it's a very small um, town, but it's very urban. Um, so it's very interesting architecturally. Um, in terms of the balance between kind of urban and rural, which is something that um, often explore within um, the studio that I run here, um, and that's what we're uh, taking as a site this year. So we're um, there with students yesterday. So uh, yeah, that's one of the places that I think rewards revisiting. Um, so I've enjoyed that. Okay, uh, what are you currently reading, watching, and/or listening to? Doesn't need to be all three. Could be all three. Well, I'm currently reading uh, a book from a while ago which is by uh, Werner Ulrich which is called Critical Critical Heuristics for Social Planning um, which is about uh, similar to as I was talking about earlier it's the way that when we're kind of dealing with social change um, this is not just kind of objective rational questions that are kind of dryly argued through but these are questions which are about judgment um, and uh, critique who are these changes for who's motivating them who benefits for them and so on I guess, and this is within the systems literature, so one of the ways maybe this is quite pertinent to this process of gathering feedback is being conscious of the way we gather it and the way we then process that is um, not neutral. So when we gather um, free text comments, um, I think this is really obvious, right? Well, the way you phrase the question has an effect on it, but you can phrase the question in a way where it's kind of clear that that's the case. Mm. Um, One of the things we will have to be careful of is the way we gather data and use data, because when we kind of present things as numbers and percentages, they appear to to have an objectivity that they actually don't. So when we present 
data gathered from observations and information. The way we've done that and the way we have presented it is actually contains value judgments about how we um, value certain things and how we compare them and so on. So this is one of the um, things you have to be very careful of in any of these um, exercises. Um, so that's what I'm reading at the moment. And what I'm watching is the seventh season of 24, which is uh, a... Uh, kind of an interesting uh, narrative about instrumentalism where the end justifies the means. Thanks to Ben for his time. You can find out more about NSS and BSS through your email if you're a student or Staff Central if you're staff. If you like what you've heard, we're currently releasing a podcast every week so you can subscribe via your favourite podcast provider. Search University of Brighton. We're available on apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening.